Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. When I was preparing for this message, I was just thinking back kind of at the journey, you know, of life and different people and different things that are happening in our life and some of them, the struggles that just seem endless, the struggles that just seem over and over and over and about the time you see a little daylight, then, then you know, the door kind of slams in your face and you feel like you're going down the tunnel and, and you can't see the end as quick as you know that, it, you know it's there, but it's that continual thing. And I know we've all been there and we've all had those times, but I just believe that God so ordained this weekend for us to remind us how special that every one of you are and that he wants you to understand how much he loves you. Sonia did such a great job of talking about the covering and the shadow of the Almighty. There isn't anything that any of you have ever faced in our life but what he has been there and how he wants us to be aware that he's there. If there was a case against us, it would be because we forget to stop and be aware. That we forget in the midst of our everything that his shadow is there. And the greatest injustice that we do to our master and our Lord is not recognize that at all times he is with us. At all times, he cares. So I think we've learned a lot this weekend. I, I believe that every one of us know that if we're busy screaming about our past, we'll trip over our future. And so yesterdays are yesterdays, right? That's what they are. And we don't want to do that because God's got a good future for us. He's got the today and our tomorrow, and it's such a good time. And I be, believe that these moments that we've had that we've been able to share are very important. I believe, Sonia, they've been life-changing. I really do. I believe that opportunities are doorways. And there's been many doorways that have been going on. And I believe that it has happened and is happening in this house. And so I think it's important that if a doorway's been open for you this weekend... Whatever that is, that you walk through it. It's really important that we take the word of God that we've heard. It's really important that you take the connections that you've made, that you do something with them. I think about the woman in Matthew 8 who came up behind Jesus. Remember, she came up and before she touched the hem of his garment, something really had she not thought it, I don't believe that anything would have happened because people were touching all around Jesus. It was hard to tell who was touching because, you know, he looked around, Who's, who touched me? But she touched. And, but the thing of it is, she, in her mind, she was said, if I could only but touch. See, she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about the miracle working power. And I imagine her mind probably says, well, it's working for somebody else, but it's not working for me. But then all of a sudden, faith had to arise in her that said, if I can get through that crowd. Now, that was a big thing to get through that crowd because it was a huge crowd. They were pressed in so tight that even Jesus wasn't aware exactly of who 
touched him except he knew something had happened. He knew that someone had pulled on the anointing. Someone's faith was reaching out. Someone was wanting what he had to offer. And as she touched the hem of his garment, something so radically changed in her life. Because she dared to walk through a doorway of opportunity. God opened that opportunity because Jesus was passing by. All weekend long, he is passing by. A door of opportunity from the beginning of last night till this moment right now and the moments that are to come until this meeting is uh, ended tomorrow. There are moments that we have felt the high praises, knowing that we're in the presence of God. And then there's been those moments where we just all we wanted to do is just fall and melt at his feet. And then there's been that moments when we heard something that energized us and encouraged us. There's been those times when we've laughed with our sisters or laughed at our sisters and our brothers once in a while. It's been just such a precious, precious time. But there's opportunities that we have to learn to take. And we've had all kinds of opportunities in this weekend. And you're going to have more opportunities as you go about your life. But we have to learn to take advantage of those opportunities. We're not going to be unaware that Jesus is passing our way. And we're going to figure out how to get to him. What is it, God, that I need to do that I need to lay down? My excuses of trying, I can't get through the crowd because there's too many people out there. They're going to step on me if I try to get out there. But no, there was a little woman that had in her mind, she said, if I only can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. And today, I believe that is the attitude that is in this house. I know that because I have made decisions and because I believe and I trust in his word, that today... God has done something radically in my life. Esther, remember how she walked through the doorway of opposition. The possibility of losing her life. But when it was presented to her, and Mordecai told her, don't think just because you're living in the palace that you're going to be saved and your people's going to be saved. Don't think just because everything seems okay right now that the enemy's not going to try to get you too. Because, see, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, but Jesus, he came to give us a life. But not just life to live and know that I'm saved, but life that is abundant that comes from my innermost being and flows over into the dark times of my life. So Esther made the decision. And we know how that turned out. She had to walk through that door of opportunity. I don't know what your door of opportunity is going to be. But you have to. Because, you know, Esther, I know she was made queen but I don't think she was made queen to just be a queen. She was made a queen for such a time as this. And that time that she had was that she could do the impossible. 
And God is asking us to do things that seem impossible. Everything that I've been involved in in my life is impossible. There's no one that's more surprised than I am. There is no more, no one. If you had wrote this about me 20 years ago, I would have said, you got to be kidding. I could dream maybe a little bit, but for it to be a reality of what God's doing. But it's the same in your life. We have to learn to walk through doors of opportunity. We have to be world changers. And this is the story I'm going to end with, and then uh, they're going to sing, and we're going to worship on our way out. But 1 Kings chapter 20 is one of the most fascinating stories that I ever read, and I go back to it quite often. I have my favorites in the Word of God. I think everybody does. It doesn't matter, you know, what you read or what you think. They just, some things that really have ministered to you, and probably most of it's been because of life that goes on. And this does, but it's a story about a wicked king that was threatening the king of Israel. And so we're going to put it in perspective of here, of the, the devil versus the spirit of God and God's will and God's purpose. And, and at the time, there was Ahab. And all of us know that King Ahab, even though he was the, the king of Israel, he, there was something about him. He didn't have much of a backbone, never did. Uh, from the beginning to the end, he was a noodle back. That's just the way it was. That, you know. And when Ben-Hadad, the king that was coming up against him, the king of Samaria, of, uh, of Syria, he sent Ahab a message. And this is what the devil does. He's always sending us a message. He always tries. But ladies, you're smarter than you were when you came in. You got a hold of this a little bit more. You were a little bit discouraged. Depression's been trying to stay. Fear's been trying to stay. And you are saying with your feet flat on the floor, not this time, devil. Not happening. I'm not doing it. I am not going to buy in to, the, to you anymore. And I do those telemarketers that try to call all the time. But Ben-Hadad sent the messenger to this king of Israel. They didn't really know who he was and who the people that he was ruling over were. But the king of Syria sent the message and said, your silver and your gold are mine. Your loveliest wives and children are mine. And this spineless king called Ahab, which was the king over God's people, said, oh, whatever I have. It's yours. Yes, take it. See, the enemy sends out the demons. The devil don't have to come himself. He sends out demons of torment. Because he's not omnipresent. He just isn't. You know, so the demons are going everywhere. Demon of fear was one of the, the, the greatest days of my life. When the package came to the door and I got the knock. And he was bringing me the same thing he always had because I'd always said yes. And it knocked on my door. And at the door was fear. And standing there holding the package was this little imp scared to death I wasn't going to take him. And that time I said, not today, devil. No more am I going to walk in fear. 
no more. So here's this king sending this message. So he sends out another one. He said, you shall, in, you shall deliver to me your silver, your gold, your wives, your children. But not only that, tomorrow, about this time, I'm going to send my servants. And they're going to search your house and the house of your servants. And it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in your eyes, they will put it in their hands and take it. That's what the devil does. When he knocks, he'll send out several discouragement, oppression, sickness, anything, lust, anything that can try to get us distracted. And he'll send it, and he says, the reason I'm sending this is because I want everything that brings you pleasure. I want everything that brings you peace. I want everything that amounts something to you. See, I can't understand for the life of me, but when you look around and you see how we buy into what the enemy says, I don't understand how a king could give up his wives and his children and be so easy about it. But like I said, he was a noodle bag for sure. But he began to tell some leaders around him what was going on. And they were saying, uh-uh, no, you tell him no. He cannot have everything that brings you pleasure. He cannot. That's why when you're having a rough time and you're going through something, have somebody to pray with you. Have somebody to agree with you. So you can say, uh-uh, I'm not going back. I made a decision that I'm going forward with God, and I'm not buying into the enemy's lies. If you're having a weak day, don't whine about it and cry about it. Just get somebody and say, pray the prayer of faith with me, because I know I'll be made whole. Thank God that there were people, elders around, that said, we're not this time, devil, uh-uh. He, the, the king, the wicked king, Ben-Hadad, is not getting what belongs to Israel, to the children of God. And the same thing goes today. The wicked king of the powers of darkness is not going to get what belongs to God's people. We have to quit being noodle back and saying and not having any spine and letting the devil do what run over us and discourage us and take everything away from us that means something to us. What means something to you? What are you willing to lay down your will, your way for his purpose and for his plan? Because it's so good. That's when we eat the goodness of the land. The story goes on and, and it'll tell you that after they said, no, send him away. Do not give in to his his. Uh, Lies. Do not give in to his demands. Tell him to go. This is rhetoric of the devil. Don't listen. The army of Israel, they backed off Syria. And the prophet came to Ahab, came to the king of Israel and said to him, go strengthen yourself. Take note. 
and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you. Mark it down. Ben Hayden will be back. The enemy will always come back. But strengthen yourself. Get a strategy. Get a strategy. I'm not going to be a label of sickness and disease and sorrow and worry and overwhelmness. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to live in grief. I will not trip over my future because of what has happened in my life. I will not. I hope you take time to read the story because it's really good. See, the enemy thinks that he knows our patterns. And, and so they'd been watching the Israelites. And, and he said, uh, we know what the, you know, we know what they're going to do next. And see, the devil thinks he knows what you're going to do next. But it's time that you say, uh-uh, no more, devil. No, not this time. I'm not going to react the same way. We have acted in the same way, got over, mad over the same stuff, cried over the same things, threw, threw a fit over the same things, felt sorry for ourselves over and over. But when you change, when something happens, like is happening in this meeting, when the enemy comes back and he says, well, we waited a little while. Well, things have been going pretty well. But cause one of those incidents to happen that they always get all messed up with. When they get offended really easy and get their feelings hurt. Try one of those. Bring that one back. See how they respond. I, see, their God is God of the mountain. When they're up on the mountain, when everything's going really good in their life, and they can sing the high praises of God, they do real good. But let's wait till we a situation happens in their life. Let's wait till somebody that they care about hurts their feelings. Or let's just wait till they lose something. Let's wait until relationships are damaged. Let's wait until the finances are not good. Because they're only going to win. They only win at the mountaintop. They only win when things are good. That was the accusation that they were sending out against the people of Israel. Not this time, devil. This is day one. Then the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are the gods of the hill, therefore they were, strong, they are strong, they were stronger than them. But if we fight against them in the valley, surely we will be stronger than they are. Oh, the devil don't know. He doesn't know that at this meeting on day one, that a group of women and the men that were here, something happened down in their spirit. And when they leave this place, they are not going to respond the same way they responded before. We're going to respond with the word of God and the power and the might that is in us. A man of God, prophet, told Ahab. That's what they're saying about you. What they're saying about the Israelites. They only win on the mountaintop. Their God only comes through because of that. But we know if we read the story, story, Israel went in and they won the battle. And I believe that if you and I will quit signing for the packages, when I quit signing for the package of fear, fear left me. It had to leave me to take me to places that I get to go. Now, I just ask God to hide me. 
keep me sheltered under the shadow of your wings so that the enemy can't see me. So that that which would harm me don't even know I'm around. When we learn to live like that, it'll take the fear away from us. Don't sign for the package. It's a setup. You won't always have someone to remind you that the devil wants to take everything that brings you joy. But remember, that's what he's after. That's us kill, steal, and destroy. And that is what he really, really wants to do in our life. How do you see yourself? What do you see every day about yourself? It's really important that we learn to see ourselves as God sees us. Ahab, he didn't see himself as a king. He didn't see himself as mighty and being over God's chosen people. He didn't see that. He had an identity crisis. And do you know that so many, even in the body of Christ, are having an identity crisis? It's happened to all of us. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves, who am I? Who am I? Because if you're perceiving yourself as a victim to a circumstance, in a situation, you're, you can't possibly see yourself as victorious. But when we start seeing ourselves through the eyes of Jesus, no more victim mentality. What was done to me? And that doesn't mean that things don't happen in your life that are painful, that are hard, but we don't have to live an identity crisis. Amen. We don't have to be orphans and have an orphan spirit. I believe that as you're leaving here today, you know that you have been adopted into the family of God. That you are a chosen daughter, a chosen son. That he knows your name. He knew your name when you were born, before you were born, before your parents ever named you. And he says, I got my eye on this one. And do you know he says that about everyone? You are the apple of his eye. Day one. And I mentioned it last night. That probably I had an orphan spirit because I was afraid to. Tell anyone the truth. I was afraid it, you'd look at me different if you really knew some of my stuff. But I realized later that the enemy was after everything that mattered to me. He was threatening my life. And he was threatening to take my most prized possessions, my nation. My kids were my nation. They were the first nation I was to reach. And you won't find three kids that love their mama any more than they do me. Or me love them. Because on that day I said, uh -uh. I shall live and not die. And I will declare 
blessings of the Lord. Stand to your feet. Just because I said it and I told you last night, it was a process. It was a long time, like the lady with the issue of blood. She'd been suffering for a long time. Some things are a long time. It didn't get over with just immediately. I had to still walk out the situation, but I was not the same. Remember that, women. Just because something happened here doesn't mean that the situation automatically changed. But you did. I changed so I was able to keep walking in life. And that's what you're doing. That's what it's all about. I want somebody to tell me I'm the real deal. And I get told that quite often. Because they've watched my life. Not what I've said. They've watched my life. But had I kept on giving in to the enemy, I would not be able to stand where I stand today and go and minister to so many thousands of women. And allow you to go with me to take the word of God to them. It didn't matter how others saw me. It had got to a place where how did I see myself? And I finally saw myself as a broken vessel. Willing to be put back on the potter's wheel so that Jesus could do something with my life. And he began to remold and remake me. And he began to feel it as I allowed to him with his spirit. And the water of life can be held now without leaking out all the time. I realized I was no longer a slave. We've all had labels. I had so many of them. They pulled me down. They wore me out. And no one else really cared. It's a fact. Darlene, do you want to be healed? Yes, yes, yes. And I learned that the free I can be is to be free of me. And I want to say that one more time. See, I learned a long time ago that my flesh was stupid. And my flesh would respond to what I let my soulish realm think. That was one of the greatest moments. And I remember it. I was walking up those steps. Somebody made a remark to me. And I turned around to them. And I said, my flesh is stupid. And I was in my 30s. And I made a profound statement that rung in my ears. And realizing that if this don't think right, I will do things I will regret. And I'd done enough of them. So the freest that I can be is being free from me. No longer a slave to sin. 
No longer a slave to my brilliant ideas. My God mentality of trying to fix everybody. I can't. We can't even fix ourselves, but we can make decisions for ourselves so that the master can get us fixed. The greatest revelations that we can know today is that Jesus Christ was crucified and what that really means to individuals. What does that mean to me? It means that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me. It's quickened this mortal body. And inside of me is the power of the living God to live life to the full. And it can't happen if I'm listening to the little imps that try to get me to take their suggestions. But if you do, the enemy will send out another one and he'll say, I want that. I want more of their time. I'm going to get at their children. I'm going to get this and that. But when a woman of God will stand flat-footed and say, no, not today, devil. No, I'm not going to leave this conference like I came. I will not go back and allow my mind to be bombarded by what the enemy wants me to see. No, I am not serving just the God on the mountain. I'm serving a God that knows how to slay the giant. Sorry. Slay the giants in the valleys. Doesn't matter where our life is at today. This is day one. We can fight well in the, in, in the valley when we know who's fighting with us. Who's already won. They're going to sing. No more of one day I will. Yeah, we got something after we sing this song. I'm going to ask Dana to do something before we leave. Before a few minutes, this is a proclamation. This is a proclamation for everyone in here, every lady, every man that's in here today. This is what God wants to do in your life. Say no to all the thoughts, all the negative things. Say no, I will be more than an overcomer because of Christ Jesus. No, I will not sign for the things that the evil one tries to send my way. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.